Thank you. Uh, welcome to our talk. So this is Alexandre de Oliveira Hi. and I'm Laurent Guigonis. And um, we are from uh, P1 Security presenting about uh, the mapping of SS7. So um, I guess most of you have seen the talk uh, from uh, Tobias earlier and uh, from uh, SRL Karsten. So um, this project is more going massive and um, with the different vulnerabilities that were presented in the past, including the vulnerabilities presented today uh, by Karsten and Tobias, getting a view of these vulnerabilities worldwide on, um, on all the countries and how to make a map from this, to see what's the exposure worldwide on these vulnerabilities. So this is um, a peer and security uh, research project. Um, and so, as you saw the talk maybe earlier, ju just to get a view, uh, who knows how mobile operators worldwide are interconnected? Who has an idea? Please raise your, your hands. Okay, not much, maybe 5%. Okay, so um, basically, these are two operators and um, two mobile operators in the world. They are interconnected together by um, providers called SCCP providers and that's how you are going to be able to make calls between countries. It's because they are interconnected. And so this was supposed for a long time to be a wall garden um, because it's a closed network. So mobile operators are interconnected via a closed network. But more and more, as we saw uh, many times in previous presentation, it's not a wall garden anymore um, because more and more operators, more and more third parties are connected to the SCCP providers. And also some parties are connected directly to, uh, to one operator, for example, governments for legal interception. Um, operators are also, uh, of course, connected to internet, to GRX uh, providers, uh, various internet services provided by other companies and that gives exposure on their network. So um, our, our goal here is to make a map of this whole uh, internal private network. Like you have had an uh, mapping on internet, here it's a mapping on the SS7 network. So in order to, to do that, um, we performed um, we, we created par partnership with the operators in order for them to, to help us making this. So we do it by uh, having a probe scan inside the network of uh, one partner operator. And then we send call flows towards other uh, operators. And we do that from multiple operators. And so we get a view um, of the network. What's important to, to understand here is that our um, SS7 map uh, scan probe is inside the range of the operator, but is not considered as trusted. It's not in the roaming agreements list. So basically, it should not get answers because it's not a trusted node. So what we wanted to show, it's... Um, since the attack surface of operators, they are increasing a lot. A lot of third parties are interconnected on the operators. We saw that the time to compromise to an, uh, for an operator during our mission, it's like we saw less than one hour time to compromise on, from internet to the IP core, which is the IP core is supporting the whole telecom network. So if you compromise things like IP core or the PS core in less than one hour, you could get to the core network directly right after. So. The goal, it's really to, to, to show you that compromising SS7 networks, even if you don't have access and if you don't have a collaboration to, uh, with a, a, an operator um, for, to get an SS7 access, for attackers, it's not so hard to get one maliciously. So we build a compromise chain to show you first how uh, attackers could use existing SS7 stacks on existing net network elements to, to be able to send messages. And this could come from internal, from OAM compromise, from uh, governments that can use also, uh, that are interconnected with network elements for LI purposes. And 
as Laurent said, um, operators, when they want to interconnect with uh, each other, they have roaming, um, roaming agreements, and these roaming agreements, they define, they define every network element that they want to be in this roaming agreement with uh, GSMA RAX IR21 files, which contain all the network elements global title, which is the IP of network elements. So it will be a phone number, international phone number, uh, that you will be able, and you will be able to access network elements through this global title. But what is really interesting is this file, we get it from the internet. So this should be completely private, but on the internet you can find uh, IR21 files publicly available. So you will find internal GTs of operators directly accessible from the internet. So this is one of uh, our sources. And you see also vendors, you see the network, loca uh, network location, network equipment location directly. So it's already useful for us. But you see also the SGSN, which is uh, on the packet part of the core network. You see the public IPs of the um, G SGSN. So it's not really public IP, it's uh, in ranges of public IPs, but they are private for GRX network. And this means that you could take these IPs and you could check on the internet if they are not reachable. Because normally they should not be reachable because it's inside a private network. But if it's the, something misconfigured, you could access them. And on Shodan, you can find a lot of GGSNs that should not be accessible on the internet directly. And this was only a query or GGSN on Shodan. So now let's take a look on what we can do and what it's inside an operator that we can do. So the first thing is taking a look to how it's address an operator. So how is address an operator? Usually you will have, it will define a prefix. So for example, uh, on this operator, it will define uh, a, like uh, a range is a range only for network elements. Usually it's how it's done because they wanted to have all their network elements into only one range. But maybe if, since they are adding more and more network elements, they will add all the ranges. So it's, it, the, the ranges are so large that if we are not doing this uh, smart approach of trying to understand how it's build the addressing space of an operator, you will not be able to find this network element. So just, just to give a, a, um, a little view on this, the numbers here are global titles. That's how uh, network elements on the SS7 are addressed. So uh, the address space is much larger than IPv4, for example. So you can't just scan sequentially. You have to find tricks like on IPv6. So um, basically, that's why we are going to explain the different address spaces. And when you take a look to network elements in this address space, you will have the HLR, which is the main database, MSCVLR handling uh, the switching of where uh, users are attached, IN, so intelligent network for postpaid, prepaid options, uh, testbed, again MSCVLR, and all of these uh, network elements, usually they are well separated and they are packed. So if you find one, if you start to go incremental, you will find others, okay? But did you see any problem on this slide? I see one, I see the test bed, which is directly on the, on the production ranges of the operator. On this, it's often the case, because they wanted to keep always all this network, uh, the network elements inside the same range. range. So they put also the test bed into the uh, uh, the GT live ranges. So, but the test bed usually it's accessible for testing. It's, accessi it's accessible for developing new features for new people inside the company. So it's way more accessible than the live network. So the thing is, if you are able to get into the test bed, you will be as the live network able also to send map uh, uh, SS7 messages. So it's it could be one way. So yeah, the testbed can be an can be an entry point, 
And what's funny is that sometimes the testbed, it's the, the reverse. It's more secure than production. We've seen that also. So it's full of oddities, the, the SS7 network. It's really strange. And uh, sometimes it's more secure because in production, they take the testbed, they validate, and they, then they need it to be more maintainable quickly because they want it to work. So they remove some security features. So it's really variable. It's special. And if you take a look to the addressing evolution, so at the beginning of the networks, they had like small uh, ranges, so small numbers. And they increase the length of the, the digits. So every time they increase the length of the digits, sometimes you will find all network elements in small ranges. Even if subscribers they have been merged into new ranges, the network elements sometimes they are in smaller uh, in smaller global titles, so smaller uh, prefixes um, for uh, for all technologies. So this one is how the Indian network is built. So we remarked that, that the Indian network was built in circles. That, that means that every region of India has its own uh, SS7 network, and they were all interconnected each other. So this, it's a good point to know because you will know that all the network elements are not sequentially in one, only one sequence of GTs, but there will be every, um, one sequence for every region. So you will try to find this sequence for all the regions of India. So it's really interesting to try to understand how the, the network is built for the country to be able to, to, to understand how, yeah. So another thing is when someone buys another tele when another uh, telecom operator buys another one, it will add more network elements into his uh, pool of network elements. So you will think that it's always a good thing a good thing to take a look to all. Uh, for example, for uh, yeah, for the major ones, they will have. Um, Operators in all the or, or, uh, European countries, for example. So it's it's interesting to take a look to because sometimes, for example, one country will be more vulnerable that, than another. But since it's a huge company, they will be directly interconnected. So if you are into this, uh, into the country less secure, but you have a direct interconnection to a more secure country, it's not secure anymore. Telecom regulators, um, this it's because, for example, for France, we had 336 for mobile, for mobiles, and now we have 337. But since 337 is a new one, don't even take a look because there will, there will not be uh, any network element inside these ranges. Okay? It's new ranges, so no network elements. Uh, something funny on this one, uh, during our uh, scans, we, we uh, remarked that uh, when we were trying uh, to send, when we, we were sending SS7 messages to Costa Rica subscribers, uh, HLR from Spain was responding to us. So this means that the the um, operator from Costa Rica he had a part of his network still in Costa Rica, but the HLR was in Spain. So maybe for custom optimization to get all the subscribers into only one HLR. So yeah. So now what, what we want to do is send MSUs because we want to be able to send map messages. And the first thing that we want is to try to scan the network. So we can do it in two phases. The first one, we will try to get directly the, the GT of the HLR. And to get the GT of the HLR, you have a lot of messages that as input, you have only to, put to, 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 uh, to give a subscriber number. Okay, a subscriber MSISDN. So this this messages you give them a subscriber MSISDN, you send them to the to the SS7 network, and in the routing of the SS7 network, the the router the, the router SS7 router will know that okay, it's one of my subscribers, so I give it to to the HLR. So the HLR will respond to us, even if it's an about, it will respond to us. So it's still interesting to know. And the second case is to use, as we saw before, the IR21, the ITU, but even 
your SMSC public GT. This one, you have it on your SIM card, right? You will find them on internet, the public SMSCs. And usually, since all the network elements are close together, if, we, if you take the GT of the SMSC, maybe by incrementing, you will find the other ones. It will not be so complicated. So maybe not, maybe yes, so it's already a good start because it's your first GT that you will have. So this one, it's uh, a TCAP, uh, TCAP scan. So we scanned uh, incrementally uh, the GTs for the SSN, which is like the TCP port for HLR. And when we got an abort, you have two cases. Or you think, uh, okay, the HLR responded to me, or the second one is, okay, the, SMA, the, the SS7 firewall blocked me and he sent me an abort. So, you have two cases, but at least, usually when it's, when it's a, a firewall, it will, give, it will put as source your own GT. So, or the MSSDN that you inserted as destination. So you will know that it's a firewall. If you have a different uh, GT, which is responding to you, you have more chance that it will be a real network element, so the HLR. So as we see, um, all this network is full of oddities. Um, one network can behave uh, in a way and you will uh, scan another one. It will behave completely differently. Maybe the HLR will not be responding and it will be uh, some firewall in the middle that will uh, not even put its GT. So from all of these behaviors, uh, we built a scan engine um, and taking, taking some uh, public data sources as input as well as private data sources in order to build um, kind of a mobile operator database and then the goal was to check the reality of all this data with the network. So we take data from, uh, from internet, from uh, SPCs, uh, ISPC from ITU, from some IR21 also can be good a uh, good start. Also from uh, attack reports from uh, from operators in order to to put um, some risk already at the beginning inside the um, inside our ratings. All this we give it to our scan engine that will uh, run the, the um, send the MSUs on the SS7 network. And from this, we are going to generate um, mainly uh, these four items. So the SS7 map website that we are going to to release now. Uh, ratings per country, and then um, some part that are private um, operator security details. So we plan to really release this publicly in the future. So maybe six months, that's what's planned. And also a threat intelligence um, on the SS7 network. Because we want to give operator a chance to first uh, contact us and we will send them uh, directly, uh, privately, the data of their operator. So we want, we don't want to give it directly publicly, but first give a chance to operators to ask us and we will send them directly this data. So what will be released today is only um, the, the country uh, level of security from the SS7 roaming infrastructure. So in order to make this map, we need to send a lot of data. And so in order to then uh, start to visualize it, see what, what message work, what doesn't, um, we, we took, uh, we generate some graph. We try to understand the network. So for example, here, um, we send different type of messages that what you see, um, at the, at the bottom. So known ones, SRI SM, SRI, um, also interrogate SS, PSI that are less common. And we see how the network behaves. So here I started to, we started to list different kind of errors, but there are many, many kinds of errors. And it's those oddities that will, uh, that will act actually give us more insight on how to, to map the network. So on this one, um, what we see mainly is that Many countries, many operators are answering actually to the request that we send them. <laughs> so it's, um, there are four lines each time. The first one is positive answers. Then you have no answer. And then you have uh, two type of uh, errors, two different type of errors. This is for ATI. This is for SRISM, SRI and PSI. 
So you see that on this line, one dot is drawn every time um, it matches. It means if I have one dot here, it means that uh, an SRI had a positive answer. So very often, the bars of positive answer are quite uh, quite dense. And um, even on SRI and ATI, messages that were discussed by uh, Tobias and Karsten earlier, you see that yeah, the, there are very much answers, even if they should not be allowed from INAT0, that is the um, INAT0 mean international, basically, for an operator. And at the, at the beginning, we should not even have any answer for any of these messages, by, because the GT from where we scan was not in the roaming listings. So um, one slide on some more oddities uh, of SS7. This is the delay um, depending on the message that we send, that those are the different colors, and the type of result that we get. So you see that, for example, uh, sometimes we get answers 10 minutes after the, we send the message. So on IP, you would not even think about that. How can uh, a machine answer 10 minutes after? We see some of this. Um, sometimes, so this, this was, okay, a special case. But you see that even if majority of messages are very fast to be answered, there is still a big, uh, big part here that take between 10 seconds and one minute to get answers, and this depends on the countries. Um, so this is also the delay time uh, way to, to fingerprint the network and try to understand it and to map it. To see the different behavior and say, okay, this country is behaving like another one, why? Maybe they share some specificities, maybe it's a vendor related, maybe it's something else, maybe there's a problem. So from all this data, um, then we built algorithm in order to extract uh, ratings and then ranking for countries and then a map. So um, basically we split our ratings in two main uh, parts. So network exposure, which is operator related. Uh, it's about the, the exposure of the network itself and also privacy leaks. Privacy leaks, it's related to the customer, meaning uh, all of us. So it's, um, it means if uh, does my, my country or my operator really protecting my private data? Private data can mean um, location. It can mean also authentication vectors, because if they, are, if they can be uh, obtained by someone else, then this someone else can impersonate the network, for example, and then intercept, uh, intercept your calls and decrypt them. Like, uh, like Tobias, um, like Karsten presented. And so these ratings, okay, they are a bit complicated. We will post, uh, we will have blog posts for those that are interested, uh, link it to the website with explanations deeper on this. So, okay, now let's take a look to, to the website. Um, so, okay. So this is uh, the SS7 map website, which will be realized, released soon. So what you have, you have, a global risk, which is uh, um, a calcul between uh, the privacy leak and the next network exposure. So first, I will show you on the privacy leak. So when we take a look to the privacy leak tab, what we see it's okay. There is first there is there is, there is some countries uh, in blank. This means that we don't have uh, yet data, and since it's an in progress uh, project. We will improve it, and we will add more and more data uh, during uh, af after the talk. So in the next months. So for example, if we take a look to the United States, because they, are, they have been like in the center of all the discussions about uh, intercepting uh, calls and all this stuff, we are giving. Um, a page, so this one will be directly accessible and will be directly public because it's for the country and not for specific operators. So we will we will give so, um, on the operators that we have uh, the data that that we have been able to to uh, to score. So for example, for the privacy, 
what we are testing is we are testing, for example, if there is some messages disclosing the precise location of a user. So the first one will be disclosing MSCs which are like uh, less um, accurate. And the second one, which is this one, will be disclosing cell IDs, uh, GPRS co coordinates, so PSI, ATI, PSL uh, messages. And so, and you have also all the other messages. So, for example, the authentication keys for SAI. Uh, you have prepaid, postpaid subscriber status for interrogate SS. And other will be added. So, for example, the routing, uh, the home routing bypass will be uh, will be added soon because we are still processing a lot of data that we have. And the goal really is to give a, uh, an overview of the vulnerabilities that you will be able to find. Uh, in the operator of this country. And to, to really uh, try to get a good uh, vision of the security of the country. So yeah, United States are attacking everywhere, uh, everyone, but still not securing so much uh, the network. So how we did it for privacy, so for the privacy leak uh, part. First, we took uh, messages such as SRI for LCS, SRI, SRI SM, ATI, and SendMZ. This one, only, uh, they only took as input an MSASDN, which is a subscriber number. So what we did, it's we did web scraping to get a lot of MSASDNs. So I don't remember the number of MSASDNs that we got, but thousands of them. Yeah, thousands. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the number, uh, so we we get all these MSSDNs, and first we sent the 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 map MSUs for all these um, for all these messages. The only one that need another entry it's the SRI LCS, which needs the GMLC GT. This one should be private, but sometimes you are able to get it because you can. You, you can or, or sometimes it's not um, filtered properly, so they will not filter on the GMSC uh, GT. So we saw that on some on some um, some countries that are like giving directly uh, the IMSI on the, on the MSC via the SRLCS. But okay, so these messages, what they will give in in output will be the IMSI the MSC uh, VLR and MSC GT and the HLR fingerprint. We have been able to get to fingerprint HLRs uh, through this. By, by really um, analyzing a lot of data, we have been able to, uh, to directly um, fingerprint HLRs uh, to be able to, to say, okay, this HLR is from uh, Ericsson SN, or this brand. It's like we have been able to identify directly the brand of the HLR, not exactly the version, but at least the brand uh, remotely directly, remotely. So after, so we get the IMSI on the MSC VLR where the subscriber is attached. So now we can send another type of messages, which are uh, the interrogate SS, the send, info in, uh, send authentication info for the authentication of the subscriber. So this will give you the uh, cryptographic key of the subscriber. The PSL and the PSI, so the PSL will give you directly the G GPRS coordinate of uh, this subscriber, and the PSI will give you as the ATI the cell ID. But if you have the cell ID, you will be able to get the GPS coordinate also. So this is really interesting. And this is basically a, a progress uh, map. How can you, from only a few informations, get to the cell ID? Uh to give a, a picture of what's actually inside the, the scan engine uh, that we have a part of it. So yeah, only from an MSISDN getting all these informations. So this is a, um, a little recap of all the messages that we have been that we sent uh, on the network. And as we can see, like ATI, PSI, and PSL are the more uh, have the more impact because they are leaking directly the location, the precise location of subscribers. So this is really interesting for us. And also SRI, sometimes you have also the cell ID, but it's not so often. So and we took an example. So for 
Map ATI, for example, if we take a look to the specification, so 3GPP specification, we see that only the location management function should be able to send map ATIs to the HLR. And this is a local node, okay? So only the local node, the low management function local node should be able to send map ATIs to the HLR. So this is for 2G and 3G usage, but for 4G they added uh, something else. So the HSS, which is, uh, rep uh, which is replacing the HLR for uh, 4G, so the database for 4G, is, uh, can, be, can also send map ATIs to the HLR, so always internal. But, and this ATI, as we say, is giving VLR, G, uh, MSC GT, the cell ID, the age of the location, and the subscriber state. And what we saw by analyzing all the data that we got is that on the map ATI, only 29% of, uh, of the networks, of the requests that we sent were responding correctly to the map ATI with a cell ID, with a real cell ID. But if we take a look to map PSI, which now it's not so well known than map ATI because Carsten and Tobias, they speak about ATI, which is now well known on all the German, um, uh, all the German MNOs are blocking it. But if you take a look to PSI, like you have 82% of the requests that we sent, which were responded correctly with a cell ID into the PSI. So this means that, okay, my API is not working anymore, let's go to PSI. And it's always like that, you will always find new vulnerabilities on the SS7 uh, network to get information from it. So really our goal was to get an overview statistics because vulnerabilities, we have been uh, exposed them for years and it's, we wanted to really uh, get an overview, a worldwide overview to see that, okay, my API, it's responding, but not so much, but okay, let's use my PSI, and it will be by, better. By the way, this one, it shows um, some mentality of the operators is that map ATI, it has been discussed much uh, earlier. So now they are blocking it. So like, uh, okay, this message is bad, we just block it. And sadly, many didn't think uh, wider and think, uh, okay, maybe we should take this seriously and see what are the impact of all the messages and uh, work together with people doing research in the domain in order to really have a, a clean uh, filtering on the peri perimeter boundaries. So the evolution is that maybe uh, 10 years ago, ATI was answering uh, everywhere. Now it's much reduced, but PSI that uh, has been less discussed, um, operators are still widely uh, vulnerable and um, so basically, this is 80, meaning 82% uh, of the, um, the operators uh, worldwide are answering to PSI, so it's pretty bad. So yeah, one of the recommendations that we give to operators, it's, okay, ATI, you should block it from uh, in at zero, that it's pretty uh, clear now. But you have two types of defense. You have the first uh, step of defense, which will be blocking it on your router. But the second one will be defense in depth by blocking it directly on your HLR. Because, for example, maybe you will deploy another STP with, and you will forget uh, to put these rules, or maybe the routing will go will come from a national interconnection, and you don't have this filtering rule uh, through it. So always the best, not only on the edge of the network to put your filtering, but also uh, to put filtering in depth directly on your HLR. Because you can bypass filtering at the edges if it's not well done. But uh, uh, filtering in depth, it will be harder to do it. And one really interesting thing to do, it's since we have uh, IGSs also on telecom operators, we are monitoring map ATIs coming from the international. And this is really interesting because map ATIs, they should never uh, come from international. So if you, if you see them, it's like, okay, this GT, maybe it's compromised. Maybe this GT, it's uh, coming from a firm that wants to, uh, to locate uh, users. So monitoring map ATI is really good. 
So now let's take a look to the network exposure part. So when we take a look to the privacy leak part, okay, it's look pretty yellow, but when we go to network exposure part, it's a bit more complicated for, uh, for operators. And why? For example, if we take again United States, why it's worse than uh, on network exposures and on privacy leaks? It's because at the beginning, a lot of small operators build their network, okay? But after, time after time, uh, one operator bought another and they grow up like that. But they, like, they build the network by buying other operators in other regions of the United States, but it's harder to, to try to build security when you are uh, buying new operators than when you are building your own network directly. So it's one reason why uh, United States, if you, if you take a look to the network exposure level, you will have a larger attack surface than on the privacy leak level. So and this, it's like you will be able to directly target network elements on the SS7 network of United States, for example. So the, the idea of this, this data, it's for both operators to see, uh, okay, what's, or at first countries, to see what's the, the level of security, and also for users to see, um, for countries and operators, okay, actually, uh, my country is not, or my, my operator is not taking seriously, uh, the, um, the, the notifications from the, the security community saying there are problems on SS7, you should take this seriously because it has impacts on our privacy, people tra can track us. And so it's, also, in order to, to push this, of course, some operators, they, they have done a great job um, at filtering uh, these messages and uh, they have great internal teams that understand really all these problems, but sadly, they are still majority. So that's why we are still here and doing this scan to, to bring visibility on this, uh, on this domain because on internet, when you want to, to see, for example, um, you have an IP, you want to see, what it, for example, you had an attack from an IP, and you want to know where is it located, uh, you can run a whois, uh, you have uh, many bots on the net that are scanning and that are reporting, okay, this IP, it's part of uh, this range, it has been a signal for these problems and these problems. On SS7, you don't have that. So what we want is to make the cartography of the SS7 uh, network in order to bring visibility to operators to be able to, to react actually when there is a problem. So that's another goal of, uh, of this project. So now on network exposure, we have less messages, but we are still like a large part of uh, map messages. So SRI for LCS, SRI, SRI for SM, ATI, these uh, four messages, they will give us the, the MSC on VLR or VLRGT. So interesting to know because you will have already real GTs Real GTs are inside the ranges of the production network. You have map uh, send authentication info. Why map send authentication info? Because it's one of the with the mo uh, most uh, uh, like you get you get one of the map messages where you get the most uh, ah the <laughs> most responses. So. You are almost sure that when you send a map SAI, you will get the HLRGT back. Okay? And the last one, it's the TCAP scan. So this one, it's, we, we developed uh, ourselves. It's uh, sending uh, specifically uh, crafted TCAP messages to be able to, uh, to scan uh, GTs in large ranges by incrementing on the GTs, but also on the SSNs. Because SSNs, they are like TCP ports. And for example, for the HLR, the SSN is the number six. For VLR and MSC, seven and eight. So every network element will have its own SSN. So if you want to discover all the, net, uh, the SS7 network, you will have to, to, to start doing things like that. And you will have two responses on the TCAP scan or a TCAP abort or nothing. TCAP abort will mean usually that there is something behind this GD. 
So a little recap also on the on the network exposure uh, where we got the most responses the TCAP uh, scanning because it's like we can go for large ranges really useful and now the recall part <laughs> sorry so um, as we uh, as we discussed, there has been. Um, I mean, SS7 is uh, is is being looked at for many years uh, since uh, 2007, um, one of the first public presentation. Up to now, 2014, there has been uh, more and more presentation because this year it's uh, five presentation on, on the subject, and um, and it's a 20 years old technology. So. Um, the, the actually the the vision on this network is coming now, but it's really an old network. Um, and, and what is happening, for example, with SCADA before? It's it will be for sure happening with telecom because it's an obscure network, but more and more people are discovering it. So, so we make a quick recap of the of the last presentation. Uh, and from all these scans on the net, we were able to, to gather statistics um, for worldwide exposure of operators uh, to be able uh, to see, for example, the location of a subscriber worldwide, uh, how many percent of operators are vulnerable, and uh, for the call interception, um, also how many operators are vulnerable to see how much work needs to be done still. And uh, thanks to all these scans, we are able to, to see this and to see the evolution. Um, so from now on, we have a base of results. And with, uh, with running the scan continuously, we'll be able to see what's the evolution of all the, um, the, the roaming infrastructure ecosystem. Yeah, and this is, is really huge because you see that 72% uh, of operators that we, scan, that we scan, they were vulnerable to a precise location, so it's getting the cell ID or getting the DPRS coordinate of a subscriber. So this means that, okay, there is a lot of companies doing um, doing tracking, but if you get any uh, SS7 access, even with a non-trusted GT not in uh, IR21 uh, ranges, you will be able also to do precise location of subscriber on 72% of operators. Okay, and for the call interception, like 66% of the operators, it's huge because it means that from the international, you will be able to intercept the calls of anyone. So from our point of view, it's good because we see that actually security is bad, but from the perspective of the operator, it's good also because it can see its exposure change uh, in the time and see publicly that, uh, okay, people see that actually things are moving on and things are changing for uh, our security and that, uh, so the changes don't go, um, don't go unnoticed. So this project is still uh, in a research phase. Uh, so we release a website with only countries. Uh, there are things that we are going to, to improve, um, like ratings and also mapping more kind of vulnerabilities. We saw that on the map some are to be announced, uh, for example. And also giving a vision on the evolution on, uh, of the security of these networks. And of course also what will be very interesting is to develop partnership with the operators in order to get more different vision uh, on the network because as we saw, the network is very diverse. There are many oddities. So the more um, point of views we have on the network, uh, the more vision and uh, the more quality result we'll be able to, to give back then to operators in order to, to better describe this network, basically, because uh, now it's very obscure. Yeah, for the moment we have like three interconnections uh, through different operators, so it's really interesting already for us to to get the differences between the uh, the three interconnections. But with more interconnections, we will get more results since we maybe don't get all the responses because we don't have all the roaming agreements with the good um, operators. So yeah, we are open to partnership with new operators. And uh, then, of course, 
so we talked about SS7. Uh, now operators are interconnecting uh, for LTE using um, using diameter. So the next step is of course a diameter map that will be mapping the roaming infrastructure, but not the SS7 one, but the the LTE one. And LTE, LTE is a, it's a bit uh, better than SS7, but still there is a lot of vulnerabilities that have been put from SS7 to LTE. And this work, uh, it's still uh, it's still in progress for us, and we are doing a lot of uh, a lot of work on LTE. So we will we will announce during this year new new things on LTE. Yeah, because uh, one thing that we see um, that all the people that learned from all these uh, roaming uh, kind of culture uh, in the operators, sometimes they are not put in the new roaming uh, teams that are handling the, the operational uh, side of the, the LTE roaming. So that it's more IP guys that are put with uh, diameter protocols. Okay, but uh, the guys that learned a lot from SS7 roaming, they are not uh, transferring their knowledge to the diameter to the guys that will handle diameter. Then, and uh, all the logical aspects of SS7 are kind of transferred to diameter. So the attacks logically are the many attacks are logically the same. So yeah, that's one bad point already that we saw. But it's another subject. Okay, thank you for your attention. Uh, so SS7 map is online uh, right now at this URL, and if you have questions, we have a um, mailing list um, also available. Oui. If you have any questions, please do line up at the four microphones that we have here. Um, what I know for sure, we have at least one question from our Signal Angel relaying questions from IRC. Signal Angel, please. Microphone? Yeah, okay. So, um, we have one question slash remark from the IRC right now. Um, first, I say it's very good work. Um, you mentioned earlier that your probe um, was in partnership with an operator. Um, what are your strategies for opening new or expanding existing partnerships? Sorry, can you, can you can repeat? Can you repeat, please? Um, if you're leaving right now, please do so quietly. Um, yeah. Thank you. First, um, they said that you did really good work. And Thanks. then they asked, um, you did your probes in cooperation with some operator, and if you have any plans or strategies for getting new partnerships or um, extending your co collaboration. Uh, to extend our collaboration, the best way to do it, it's like, Operators, they want to be more secure on what we what we are offering to them. It's to to work with them uh, in a real partnership to help them to get more secure. And uh, by by helping us to scan the network, we help them also uh, by like giving uh, them the information that we get from the scan to improve their security. For example, when they have a, uh, an issue and they have one GT that they identified as a source of an attack, um, we can come and help and see, can we find this GT uh, in, the, in, this, uh, in these scans? And then we develop, uh, we discuss with us and we react on this. And also then if they are okay to partnership with, uh, with us, we go and validate all this probe that is sending uh, messages uh, with them and we show how it works and how it will improve their vision on their own network and on the, the network worldwide. Because usually it's already a, a huge step for them when uh, we gave them a map of their own network. They're like, oh, my network looks like that. And okay, they are managing the network, but they don't even know how it looks like on a real map. Yeah, so because they, there are no tools. It's not like IP, uh, like you can run an end map on a network. Here, uh, you need to have custom tools because the protocols, everything is custom. So it's really, uh, it's really some stuff that we we uh, we we give, we provide to operators. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you for your very detailed answer. Microphone number four, please. 
hello. You said about the GRX network that uh, you can uh, find the uh, IP ranges in the public internet. So uh, then you can scan them and maybe find some vulnerabilities. Uh, when I worked for Telco, in our case, this range was used for the 3G customers and the range it was the same as for the GRX, so it was like routed differently. So even if you scan this GRX, uh, you know, pseudo GRX network, you are just scanning our customers and you are not getting any real uh, vulnerability data. So just a notice. And we decided maybe it's a better idea to, to not, not to use this range for our customers. <laughs> And uh, are you providing the data from your scan for free to the telcos? Ah, to the telcos, we are giving uh, statistics on their own network, but yeah. not raw data. We can discuss about that with them directly uh, to, 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 gi to give them more details. No problem uh, about that. But to, to, for your remark, for example, uh, when you see uh, the KPN talk uh, at Hack in the Box Amsterdam uh, this year, they disclosed uh, a scanning of the GRX network, and they found like thousands of uh, of, I, of IP on TCP ports open, like uh, mails, uh, uh, DNS uh, servers on the IP of this GRX public, uh, yeah, the GRX public IPs. So maybe your network you are doing you are you are doing it properly, but a lot of networks they are not doing it properly. Uh, one one last question: Do you know about malicious GTs already? Like the malicious sources of this scanning? Uh, yes, we had. Uh, so this is mainly from uh, feedback from operators because when you scan actively, you won't see uh, GTs that are attacking because it's uh, it's an active scan. So this data, the it's from attack reports from operators. So this is different from SS7 map. Thank you. And we have also an IDS uh, in telecom running, which is giving us uh, feedback, like for example, ATIs coming from international. So this would be more fitted, but this is not for SS7 map, uh, the detection of, uh, of GTs that are malicious. Microphone number two, please. Yeah, just a short one. Uh, do you have the German data set with you? Could you, could you uh, give us a sneak preview maybe or something? But uh, USA is quite interesting, but I'm more interested in actually a European country or something. Of course. Uh -huh. <laughs> Thank you. So for Germany, for example, we got four operators. So this is the, the coverage uh, that we have. Sometimes we don't scan all the operators of the, uh, of the country. Here uh, we have all of them. So for the privacy part, it was pretty good, um, but the network exposure, it was, it was, <laughs> there is still improvement to do. So privacy part, they are blocking a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, messages. So ATIs, for example, as said uh, Karsten and, uh, and Tobias, but all the messages are not blocking them. And, um, and yeah, but, uh, it's important to keep in mind that it's still a, a in progress, uh, uh, an in progress, um, uh, project, so we will improve our scanner on all our scan engine. So the goal is to bypass all the protections also, because we learn every time how they protect the network. So we try to bypass it to get uh, vulnerabilities uh, on the networks. And yeah. But so here quickly, here the number two, for example, it means two different map messages uh, are allowing an attacker to to get a subscriber location. So this means that in Germany, um, per operators, there is a, a mean of two messages that allows someone to, to get a location of, uh, of the subscribers of the operators. So that's not good. That, that's why it's in red. So we have a color, uh, colors on this. So when it's red, it means it's pretty bad. When it's uh, yellow, it means it's bad. But uh, it's not... Uh, so. Of course, the ratings are, are relative to other operators. We could not put everyone in, uh, in red when it's bad, so it's uh, kind of adaptive, and we are waiting also for feedback, but I trust um, the data that, that you are here. We can discuss it if you, if you have also. Microphone number four, please. Hello. Um, you talked about uh, exposure of, of subscriber data, but um, 
Is there also an uh, exposure of network data? Like, could you um, count the number of subscribers or? Uh... So there is exposure of uh, network topology data. Yes. So. Uh, when we when I talked about about the ratings, I talked about two main categories: privacy leak level, that is here, and network exposure level, that is here. So those are the two main uh, categories. And then you have subscores. So for network exposure level, we have uh, the SCCP attack surface, which is um, which is the um, basically the number of network elements that we were able to discover. And then the fact that we, whether we were able to fingerprint it or not, so that's the second one. And then we have a potential change of uh, prepaid, postpaid status. That means that, and here it's uh, it's quite low, so it's good. This this rates the fact that uh, someone can modify data uh, on the on the infrastructure on the subscriber plan directly. So passing from example <coughs> from uh, from prepaid to postpaid. So this is a vulnerability for the network. Yeah, of course, but um, uh, in the protocol there aren't any extensions for um, um, how, how to say count um, attached network of, of, of um, to get the routing or something like that. There are uh, there are extensions oh. uh, for protocols uh, for OSS7 protocols like like map extensions. Yeah. And um, this data, we still do not have it processed in a, and normalized in a way that we can display a score, because there is much steps before getting a score from the raw data of the scan. So this is coming. This is the the, the work in progress that we are doing. But for now, that's what we can uh, we can present per country. Because we are sure of the data and we clean all everything what which was suspicious. So the the. Yeah, the goal was to really to give a good overview on a, an overview which was uh, not uh, not with yeah, with good data always. So we still are missing also some countries, for example, but uh, this will come. And there are countries where we have uh, less uh, less answers. So there are countries where we are more confident. This this will uh, move on and will. Uh, We'll get a full map with a full view on this network, and then in six months, we'll be after discussions with operators, we'll be able to to release a per operator rating. Do we have any more questions? There's one on microphone number two, please. Um, suppose I have um, a Dutch subscription, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm in Germany right now. How do I interpret your your risks and, and the vulnerabilities you found? I, I assume that the worst of both will apply to me at the moment. So I go back to the Germany uh, country. So this means that... Um, so you are a subscriber, so you take a look only on the privacy... The, uh, what will affect directly the subscriber, which will, which will, be, uh, will be the privacy leak level, mainly? And okay, you can see that locating you is possible because uh, uh, German operators uh, they are not protecting, for example, uh, for one of the map messages uh, that is giving the location uh, with uh, like a street level accuracy, so the cell ID. Um, but still, you can lo we can locate you in the region point of view because uh, the two, so the first line, this one, it's for a region point point of view, and uh, so still, even if they are not the worst ones, uh, we will be able to to locate you to get uh, to get your status on postpaid, uh, postpaid, uh, prepaid, uh, and maybe to change your uh, your subscriber plan. Things like that. So this will, like, changing the subscriber plan will lead to fraud. And actually, that's uh, what uh, Tobias showed in uh, his presentation. Uh, like, he was tracking uh, someone around uh, around the world, and the guy came to Germany, and it was. Uh, I mean, his uh, his messages were, were working. Yeah. But I assume that also any vulnerabilities in the Dutch telco system that I'm a customer with still yeah. apply? Yeah, that's that's a good question. So 
This, when, uh, when we are speaking about Germany, this applies to uh, customers of German operators, not to visitors. Yes. Uh, visitors, it will be... Uh, so when we have more, uh, more statistics on, um, on the security of visited country, uh, we'll show it, but for now it's for home network. Meaning, if I'm uh, French in a French country, then the security of related to my um, my SIM will be the one for France. Thank you. Any more questions? No. Please give a warm round of applause to Alexandre and Laurent. Thank you.